Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back. We are so glad that you are with us today because we are moving into our second podcast about the titles and the attributes of God. And that's really exciting to me because it's like one of my favorite things and I kind of push for this. So if it ends up not being great, it's my fault. But if <laughs> yeah, you're right, Paula. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Throw um, under the bus. Yeah. yeah, I think knowing more about God, like which we said before, how do you worship a God? How do you know about God unless you know who he is? And that is yeah. our desire for this next couple of weeks of podcasts about the different attributes of God. But if you notice, the title is Midterms and Nietzsche in a Land of Despair. Yeah. So you're probably thinking, what does that have to do with God? <laughs> yeah. That sounds a little bit more like yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know. <laughs> like the elections, yeah. like politics, yeah. which we are not afraid to shy away from, yeah. but that would take us away from where we really want to go with yeah. this. Because a lot of God. people were asking us, what were our thoughts of the midterm? I mean, yeah. people were losing their mind. Oh, Everybody yeah. thought it was going to go this way. Yeah, and that it was going to be yeah. red. It was going to be blue. Yeah, what's your be... opinion and all that? And well, we I'll said, tell you my opinion. Yeah. We have red tide in Florida. <laughs> 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 Which you get, some of you. That's won't really get. funny if you don't. Yeah, algae. if you don't know about Florida, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get red algae that comes to the sea. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. we're a red state, and uh, that was so anyways, yeah, yeah, probably a bad joke on yeah, my part. Yeah. But hey, but what? Not, we don't want to talk about individual politicians right mm-hmm. now or anything. But what really shocked me, Paula, was the the votes that people gave in states to promote abortion, the killing yeah. of children. Yeah, that, that, yeah, and we get that it's a controversial topic, but. It's life we're talking about. It's created yeah. life yeah. here. Yeah. That was shocking to us. I yeah. think that was a turning point yeah. for a lot of the election is people voted on that agenda yeah. or according to that agenda. Yeah, that right? people were so strong in supporting death. Yeah. You know, the death Freedom policy. Freedom to kill. Yeah. yeah. It, it really did surprise us. And so. But um, should it actually surprise us, Doug? No. It real no. And that's exactly where my um the title of this, I would literally mm. was thinking of Frederick Nietzsche, mm. and so uh, because maybe some of you felt like we did afterwards, yeah. we were a little depressed afterwards. Yeah, just, because it wasn't just like a different candidates get in, get yeah, that's right. voted in, but really, I, at least for me, I'm speaking for me in this is the point that it showed the the moral loss of decay. our country. Yeah, I decay. would like to, yeah, that's I love a that. better moral word. Decay. Yeah, yeah. So. It, but it shouldn't surprise us. And I want to read uh, a quote from one of the most, it's literally one of the most famous quotes in history. Mm. And this quote is so famous that it made the cover of Time Magazine in uh, 1966. So uh, some of you out there are like, what is Time Magazine? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. in our day, back in the 60s and 70s, that was the Instagram and TikTok of the day. Yes. Remember, there was not social media. Yeah. And so when Time came out with their covers they were yeah. very influential yes exactly and so the cover was on april 8 1966 was god is god dead that's mm. what they were asking is god dead and mm. that idea started really taking place in the 1960s that was a big thing people were spray pointing god spray painting on walls and stuff god is dead yeah and it all comes from uh, frederick nietzsche and what he wrote in the 1800s. If you've never heard me promote this book, uh, Carl Truman's The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, he says and shows that we're in this moral decay in America mm. 
not by accident. This was like planned ideologies that were started mm. in the 17th and 18th, 17th and 18th century, mm. going back to the age of enlightenment with Rousseau and the Nietzsche and Marx and uh, different people. But this quote by Karl Marx really, to me, sums up a lot of mm. where we're at. And uh, I'm going to read the whole thing. So mm. can you bear with me, Paula? You said Marx. Did you mean to I mean, say that? So, no, Nietzsche. Okay, uh, good. Thank just you. Just wanted to make yeah, sure. I'm just we so had nervous right. about reading this whole thing because you know how I read. I can't. Yeah, I would put my glasses on, but I don't wear glasses. So, but you tell me to. So if I butcher this reading, just reader, please. It just gives me on. ammunition. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's what it says. Have you not heard of that madman who lit a lantern in the bright morning hours, ran to the marketplace, and cried incessantly, "I seek God! I seek God!" As many of those who did not believe in God were standing around just then, he provoked much laughter. Has he got lost? asked one. Did he lose his way like a child? asked another. Or is he hiding? Is he afraid of us? Has he gone on a voyage? Emigrated? Thus they yelled and laughed. The madman jumped in their midst and pierced him with his eyes. Where is God? he cried. I will tell you. We have killed him, you and I. All of us are his murderers. But how did we do this? How could we drink up the sea? Who gave us the sponge to wipe away the entire horizon? What were we doing when we unchained this earth from its sun? Whither is it going now? Where is it moving? Away from all suns? Are we not plunging continually? Backwards, sideways, forwards, in all directions? Is there any up or any down? Are we not straying as though an, as through an infinite nothing? Do we not feel the breath of empty space? Has it not become colder? Is it not night continually closing in on us? Do we not need to light lanterns in the morning? Do we hear nothing as yet of the noise of the grave diggers who are burying God? Do we smell nothing as yet of the divine de decomposition? God too de de decomposes. God is dead. God remains dead. And we have killed him. It goes on then, and this is a powerful point. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What was the holiest and mightiest of all of that we the what was the holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives? Who will wipe the blood for us? What water is there to, for us to clean ourselves? What festivals of atonement? What sacred games shall we have to invent? Is not the greatness of this deed too great for us? Must we ourselves not become gods simply to appear worthy of it? There has never been a greater deed. And whoever is born after us, for the sake of this deed, he will belong to a higher history than all history hereto. It has been further related that on the same day the madman entered divers churches and there sang a requiem. Let out and quieted, he said to have retorted after each time, What are these churches now if they are not the tombs and sepulchers of God? Okay. Wow. That's a pretty intense reading. It is. It is. Did you get the point, though? Yeah. God is dead, and we're his murderers. Yeah. But that's what everyone talks about, okay? That's the, that's the famous quote, God is God dead, God is dead, we've killed him, okay? But did you read the re listen to the rest of the part? I, if, I'll be impressed if you listeners hit pause and go <laughs> rewind and go back. You can look it up, just famous quotes from Nietzsche, and you'll, you'll get it on Google. You'll get a million hits from Google. But what's replacing him? That's what the question was asking. What's Ooh. going to replace him now? Are we going to become gods? What are we going to need to invent? Are tombs just, are our churches just tombs and sepulchers yeah. of yeah, God? Yeah, exactly. So what? Yeah. where is morality coming from? Well, there's not. There is no morality. And Nietzsche knew that. 
Mm. That's why when he goes on, and, and Nietzsche was actually brilliant as an insane person. He was a nutcase, and he had actually died insane. But there was that moments of brilliancy where he was honest and asked the integral in, questions of integrity. Mm. Well, if God's dead, what's replacing him? Mm. We're replacing him. And that's where he came up with the idea of the Superman. But morality starts with us. We're the choosers of what's right and wrong, each individual person, and how dangerous mm. that is. So he didn't start humanism, but right. he's a perpetrator of humanism. Yes. yes. Right? It, yeah. And so people start thinking, yeah, okay, there's no God. Mm. Okay. Then we what? can do it on our own. And what is and, that? Is that what yeah. it's saying? So w- when did we when did we say that Time magazine put this on its cover? What decade? 66, 1966. The sixties in the heart of the sixties. Because what was the heart of the sixties? If it feels good, do it. Mm. Who's right and wrong? Throw off all these Yolo. moral codes. Yolo, yeah, Yolo. <laughs> even yeah. before now. Even before that. Yeah, man, can you imagine that they had memes in the sixties? That would have been <laughs> jelly. horrible. So that's what. Um, that's the point. Mm-hmm. God is dead. We've killed him. What's replacing him now? Mm. And it's not the churches because they're just preaching a dead God. They're the tombs and sepulchers, he said. And mm. unfortunately, too many churches are like that. Now, praise God for Bible-believing churches. If you're not in a Bible-believing churches that is standing upon God's morality, God's truth, and his standard for ethics, run and go to a church that does. Yeah. Yeah, we're thankful for our church that does that. So we quoted a secular person. Let mm-hmm. me read from the Bible from Psalm 14, in light of just what we just heard. Yeah. Because everything comes what? Comes back to Scripture, right? Yes. Psalm 14, I'm starting in verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. And verse 3. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. This Psalm 14, also Psalm 53, says the same exact thing. It's quoted in Romans uh, chapter 3, where it culminates in that chapter, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm. And and all people have come corrupt. And it starts off by hmm. the fool says. I love the way you tied those together. Yeah. That's so good. Because we read, oftentimes we read verses in isolation. Yeah. But that's great. Yeah, exactly. And it's just saying, because this is what happens. When you throw off the shackles of God, then you're going to become corrupt. Mm. Things are going to... Think about that word, abominable. Yeah, abominable deeds. That's that's a strong word. Yeah. It, here, listeners, I'm going to give you a little homework if you want to have some fun I'm not sure fun is the right word, <laughs> but if you want to get theological and think correctly, take some moment, take some time and read Romans chapter one, verses 20 through 32. It follows along with the same idea, but it's a, it's an interesting study to read in light of what's going on in our society. America is at a pericope right now. We seem to be crumbling. Uh, you know, everybody's wondering, you know, we, are we going we, the way of Rome? Yeah, exactly. Study Romans. And in that ha, passage, ha, Rome, Roman yeah, law, just got it. <laughs> I didn't even mean it. <laughs> when God's talking about how people are becoming corrupt, he mentions three times, Paul does, that God gave them over. Mm. God gave them over. And it talks about that. It talks about degrading passions and depraved minds. And, mm. and then he lists a bunch of things that are the result of that. Mm. And when you read that and you start thinking about what's going on in society, mm. we become so depraved in our mind, we don't even know if we're boys or girls anymore. That's yeah. just like one example. But that mm. shouldn't surprise us because that's what happens when you get rid of God. 
Yeah. And Nietzsche was saying that. What has replaced them? Well, we have. So whatever, if the majority wants to kill babies, eh, okay, let's kill babies. Pretty soon, you know, these older people are starting to be a drag mm-hmm. on our society and draining down our economy. Eh, let's get rid of them too. That's already well, happened in yeah. Europe. We don't yeah. like those color people's skin or we don't like their color of eyes. So let's just get rid of them. And so you can see where this is going. Yeah. And this is actually a time of... um. Uh, of interest but the church does not need to freak out paula because no. we have an answer don't we let's go we back do. what are, what is our answer like when people are like oh what's going on what do you think about the midterms and all that we have a great answer we do a seity a seity that's right <laughs> that's our answer that's our answer a seity when's the last time you were talking about a seity like, <laughs> like what what are they talking about now some people <laughs> if you go on google and you watch youtube videos uh you can see some some theologians say a seity a seity mm-hmm. but it's a seity because it comes from the latin uh latin means uh, a means by and say means in itself or of itself. So that's where we get per se. Exactly. When we say that yeah. saying, right? Yeah, per se also kind of means the same idea. Yeah. In itself or of itself. That's why. Yeah. So per se. So yeah. So a seity is the correct way to pronounce it. So case, let yeah. me talk about it in practical and layman terms. Yeah. So this is the character of God we're yes. talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bring this back yeah. around. We don't want to nerd out too much on, mm-hmm. on that. But what it comes down to, and this is what it means, is that God is self-existent. He needs no one else. Yeah. So when we were see, say the word aseity, that's what we're talking about, that God is actually self-existent. Yeah. I watched something on YouTube where he was pronouncing it interestingly, but a famous theologian was talking about this. And, and he, he goes, you know, when most people hear this word, they just don't think anything about it. But to me, he said, it just brings joy and a delight to knowing there is somebody who is not dependent on me, is not dependent mm. on the world, is not dependent on anything, but is independent, who is in himself self-existent and self-caused, mm. and, mm. and or uncaused, not self-caused. That's the contradiction. He's uncaused. He's the uncaused cause. And that's how we think. Oh, wait, say that again. The uncaused cause. Oh. Yeah. Boy, that's yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not the unmoved mover for any of my Aristotelian philosophers, which <laughs> I lean toward Aristotelian philosophy. I'm a more atomist, and for that, you don't know what I'm talking about. Write <laughs> me. Don't I even like know to, what we're talking my about. My wife does not. Sometimes <laughs> I always like to nerd out with me on these things. So I'll have a discussion with you about Thomas' philosophy, and I'm not a Platonist. But uh, he... <laughs> the look my wife is giving me right now is great. I, I'm just shaking my head. But Aristotle talked me. about an unmoved mover. Yeah. That is not the God of the Bible. Mm. Now, God is the uncaused cause, but what the, the thing you want to be danger that is dangerous, and Aristotle was dangerous in the idea that God doesn't have feelings, God doesn't care, God is mm. kind of like just this out cosmic force. Mm. And no, our God is a personal God. Yeah. He's a father who and loves we're us. going to talk about that in the weeks yeah. ahead. Yes. How God is a personal God. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So we want to uh don't want to Give too much away. Too much, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. But, but the, here's the point. God is independent. He is not needful of anyone or anything. Mm. So in the midst of this... In- okay, in- stop. Yeah. I just want to rejoice for a minute because that's a pretty awesome thing yeah. when we think about it, that yeah. we don't have to be in charge. Yeah. And he's not freaked out yeah. about what is going on, yeah. right? Psalm 115.3, we quote it all the time. Mm. What is it? Our God know. is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Yeah, because yeah. he, he's independent. He's not up there shaking in his boots and like, yeah. what's going to happen? Well, he doesn't, God doesn't wear boots, I don't think. <laughs> but that's called an anthropomorphism. And so it's just describing God in human terms, because human terms trying to describe an infinite God is... 
Uh, well, that's a whole it different podcast so well. too. Yes, yeah, so man, is. you are yeah. you listeners are going deep today. So yes, this is great. So right. you know, Paula, but what I love and what I, I I'm excited about this because this is definitely me bringing out things like a saiety, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I even had to do some. Which I have to be honest, I never heard that word before. <laughs> we prepped this. this. Oh, I was thank like, you for saying that because I was self-existent. Yes, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Omnipresent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, all the omnis. Yeah. That's great. But yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's my nerdy. And then you get to combine <laughs> yeah. your nerdiness, your word nerdiness into this. Yeah. So two nerds getting together doing a podcast. That's this right. Is great. So why don't you talk about some of your favorite, the favorite thing that connects us? Well, yeah, it, and that really what we can say is that Sadie can be found in God's name, which is Yahweh. Yeah. And so th- wait a minute. I didn't m- maybe clarify that too much. I'm talking about the theology. You're going to be talking more, a little bit more about the names of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast, so this is kind of the unique thing that I've, we haven't actually found this out there, but I'm sure it is. Mm, Nothing's new under the sun. But bringing the attributes and the names together yeah. and, and their correspondence, that's what we're doing. And so I like to talk about things like the same <laughs> You like to talk about the names of God. So I, we're yeah, going to have fun yeah, doing gonna this. We're going to try so. to see if this, if our marriage will last yeah. us. <laughs> Hey, we just celebrated but 40 this past week, we so here did. we go. We had 40 years of marriage yesterday yeah. that we celebrated, yeah. so it, it is so exciting. It is great. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, so anyway, <laughs> let's jump back in. Um, there really are three main names for God when you look at any theology behind that, any commentaries, and those names would be Elohim, Yahweh, and Adonai. And we're going to talk about those. We're going to unpack them coming up. But today we're going to focus on the name Yahweh, yeah. because this is really the the essence of the self-existent God, the you're, I am. You're saying it pretty confidently, like that's how it's pronounced, Yahweh. I don't know, but that's how I say it. So yeah, <laughs> the Jews didn't even, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. So in our English language, we'll go with that. Um, well, let, let me explain that for a second. Do you, you mind? No, I've jump in. I've talked a lot, but I don't want to talk too nope. much. But you're great. I think I've... Um, I've studied more the history of this, yeah. so that's why I want to jump. I in. actually was going to ask you to do okay. that because you explain yeah. it you a little bit part. better than I do. But when we talk about this, you hear it pronounced now, and most scholars agree that Yahweh might be the correct pronunciation. Okay, nobody's a hundred percent sure. It's called the tetra- tetragrammaton, and that means the four letters: mm-hmm. Yah, Hey, Vav, Hey. Those are the four Hebrew letters that are written for this name of God. But nobody knows how to pronounce it because mm. in old Hebrew writings, they did not use vowel pointing. They just wrote the consonants. And, and it's just like if you see um, L blank RD, if you didn't see that vowel, you just said L R D, and you're reading in the context, they would tell you that's Lord. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't need the, need the O. That's how Hebrew is written in Arabic and other Semitic languages. So you have those four letters. But around the. 500 BC. So think about this. This is when the temple's destroyed, the writing and that. It became that they did not want to pronounce this name. This mm-hmm. is the sacred name of God. Mm-hmm. And we'll explain. The your, covenant. Yeah, name, you can tell it? where it came from. Yes. So oh, they started using the You're vowel, doing great. They used the <laughs> vowel pointing for Adonai and they would write it underneath it. Okay. So that was to say when you're reading this out loud, never say try to pronounce the divine name. You just mm-hmm. say Adonai instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the names you just said. Right. Well, eventually, people didn't understand this. This came actually in the English language. We just started developing the 12th century. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the, these people, Hebrew scholars, they're seeing the four letters, but they're seeing these vowels underneath. 
and they put them together. And that's where we get the name Jehovah. That's how they thought it was pronounced, because if you put the vowels for Adonai with the four letters, it becomes Yehovah. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and then, you know, here you, you probably didn't know this. Um, not Wycliffe. Who's the other famous translator? I just drew a blank. Um, murdered at the stake. Oh, I can't think of it. Either. I can't either. Yeah. Well, anyways, how famous is that? But that's where <laughs> yeah. it started. Tyndale, William Tyndale. <laughs> thank you. They put it in, uh, was it Wink? 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 One of them was martyred. One of them, Wycliffe was martyred, I think, and Tyndale actually escaped, but I might have got it wrong. Write me a letter and tell me if I got it wrong. But <laughs> I'm going to jump in here yeah, for a minute because people. those yeah. were people that were um, concerned about the, the trans. Yes. Yeah. And they translated the in the English Bible. They put Jehovah in there. And then in Jehovah became part of the King James Bible. And that's where Jehovah's. So, yes. so if you ever meet a Jehovah Witness, you can kind of laugh that they say that's the name you should actually pronounce for God. And it's the ironic because it's the one word in the human language that wasn't supposed to be pronounced and we're not <laughs> supposed to pronounce it. And yet they're saying that's the name we have to pronounce if we really want to call upon the true God. So it's actually quite ironic. And yeah. Um, yeah, if you want some fun, can I go on YouTube and type in Lutheran satire, and then put Jehovah Witness. And you're going to watch the funniest video you're ever going to see on this. <laughs> or at least funny in Doug's yeah, eyes. <laughs> yeah. if you want, you know, it's, if you I some, did laugh over it. Yes, I did. Yes, that was funny. So anyways. Okay, so that's where this name comes from. Uh, we don't pronounce it. But so usually that's where you hear Jehovah. Jehovah. That, that's, the, yeah, that's where that was you're pronounced. Yes. But here's the point. I, I guess I could have just... Saved you us, <laughs> us a lot of time, but in the Mishnah, the Mishnah now is the oral trans traditions of the Old Testament. So this is what the rabbis and scribes and all that were saying mm. about the Bible. This is their commentaries, and mm. this this became codified. And this is what early Judaism was all about. What the Mishnah said, and that's when Jesus is blasting the Pharisees because they're putting the Mishnah. The, the you know what people are talking about the Bible above the Bible mm, that makes sense mm, yes. and the Mishnah it says he well who, there's nothing new under the sun no yeah. that happens in a lot of yeah. religions they put later writings above the Bible yeah exactly uh, in the Mishnah it says he who pronounces the name with its own letters has no part in the world to come that's why they didn't pronounce the name mm. so should we even say Yahweh. Mm. We know that that's not. We're not trying to pronounce the divine name. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to uh, say what is written in capital letters, L O R D, in our English Bible. Mm. Lord. Yeah, that actually, that's a great point mm-hmm. right there. So whenever you see that written in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, it's um, L O R D in capitals means this means Yahweh. Yeah. Good. Well, the first time that it actually appears in the Bible is in Genesis two four. And it's it's in that point where it doesn't use it as a name of God, but it introduces us to God in a sense. And what this is, it, it's the Hebrew name, Yahweh, is the Hebrew name for the self-existing eternal one. And like Doug said, you know, the Jews wouldn't pronounce it because it was considered too holy. And it's over 6,500 times in the scriptures, we see Yahweh written. Yeah, where did it come from, though? Where did this, I mean, it's used first used in Genesis 2-4, mm-hmm. but where, where did this name come from? Did they just make it up? or? Yeah, well, that's a great point. In Exodus 3-14, God says to Moses, 
So when I, Moses was asking, let's set the context. Okay, you know, yeah. You want, you want to do it or you want me to? Go for it. Well, God was getting ready to commission Moses to go back and say to the people of Israel, mm. I'm your, you know, Moses is like, hey, I'm your deliverer. I'm going to come help you. God, you know, God has sent me. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ask, what God? Which God? Tell what's your What's your God's name? What's the God who sent you's name? So Moses is asking God, so what name? Who should I tell him sent me? And this is God's reply to Moses. I am who I am. You shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I love that. And I am is Hayah in the Hebrew language. And it's I am. It, yeah. It's the whole idea of he is, Yahweh is, but yet he is to be. And that's what Hayah means. It's to be, to exist, to remain, because God is not bound by time. And while he is present now, he will always be present. In case you're wondering out there, we're going to nerd out in the next podcast, or one of them coming up. I don't think it's the next one. One of them goes, is God really above time? (laughs) But this sure makes it sound like it, right? Isn't it great? He didn't say I was or I will be. I am. I am. I'm the great eternal one. Yeah. 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 And this is why the Jews went wild when Jesus said, I am in John 8, 58 and 59, because they knew exactly what he was referring to, that he was saying, Jesus, the man in the flesh was saying, I am God. Exactly. They did not, um, they were not real happy about that. Well, (laughs) They kind of resorted to violence. The context was, yeah, Jesus said before Abraham was born, he was said to the Pharisee, before Abraham was born, Mm. I am. And it says they picked up stones to stone him. They Mm -hmm. immediately knew what he was doing. He was identifying himself with the God of the Old Testament. And they they went to stone him, but it wasn't his time yet. Because he gave his life. No one took it. He gave his life for us. So Yeah. And I love this. This is kind of my nerdiness of the words is whenever you see that word, Yah, it's often combined with other words. And we're going to talk about that as we go through some of the names of God's, of God, not God's, (laughs) of God, Um, like hallelujah. That actually means praise the Lord. Hallel? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Praise the Lord. And then we see it in names, like different names throughout Bible characters, like Elijah, Ah, God is Lord which I love that. And we named one of our own kids with this, Joshua, Yahshua, which means God is salvation or Yahweh, Yahweh is, is salvation. salvation. Yeah. 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 So you see that all the time. When you start looking at the Hebrew names, you're going to see a lot of Hebrew names have El, which mm-hmm. will come from, we'll talk about Elohim. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of El Yah. meaning God. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of Yah and that's mm-hmm. coming from Yahweh, yeah. the divine name. So yeah. So there you go. So, uh, wow, I hope you enjoyed learning some of that from the Bible, from the Bible and what it's, what it's saying and understand our God. Our God is self-existent. He's mm. the I am. He's not. He's before anything. Yeah. He's not up there nervous, you know, of like, what's going to happen? Mm. That's the great thing. That's the great takeaway. It's a great comfort. It, it is. Yeah. He's not. And, and, and I love this. Um, well, we don't have to despair. I guess that's what I'm just trying mm. to say. We don't have to despair because if he's above time, if he's the I am who was and is and will is to come, if he is that is in him, what do we have to fear? Yeah. Somebody's in control. He knows how it's going to turn out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not catching them off guard. So let's what's some takeaways for this, Paul? Let's just give some. Well, this is practical. Remember, we said we're going to make yeah, it practical. Yeah, it's practical. Well, I want to tell you a practical way that I do this is I've actually written that that word down in my journal. Hiya, hiya. Oh. I was going to get there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Making sure because I need to know that in the moments where things seem to be a little bit crazy, no matter what is going on, that He is. Mm-hmm. I am. And I love that. It, it brings comfort and solace and hope to my heart. So that's a practical takeaway for me. Okay. What are some of the other ones? Well, one of them is don't ever give an inch to an atheist. Okay. I mean, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mm. Uh, I was listening to a, a talk by a, a scholar and he talked about Bertrand Russell, uh, one of the famous atheists. Okay. This was a famous atheist. And when it came to, the one question he couldn't answer is where did morals ultimately come from? Because mm. if it's an individual, then then it's okay to murder somebody because that's what made me happy or that was made me right. It's, made, it's okay to do wrong mm. because if it makes me right, I'm the I'm the god of my own universe. Yeah, so I, I can, can take do, justice yeah. into my own. Or hands. if the majority of people and then mm. people, you know, you mean they them? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. well, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> and that's exactly right when you're can't even use pronouns now. We can't even communicate with normal language based on reality because we've taken away the morality of God mm. and made it ourself. Um, but don't. But the Bible says the fool is given. Uh, you know, the fool said in his heart, "There is no God." Mm. And this is where okay, I'm gonna let's do bring it back to politics. And this is my rant. Okay, <laughs> I get so mad because so many politicians. I do agree with their po- politics. They're nasty people. Mm. They're just not. They may call themselves Christian. But the way they're they're not speaking in love, mm. <laughs> you know, they don't communicate in love. They communicate in sarcasm and you know snarkiness and mm. uh, no, no, that's not that's not how you they should act. So I get just as angry as that mm. as as I do about you know some people's policies. Mm. You know, okay, I might not like you know my tax went up and I'm mad at that politician for that. But what this guy's a calls himself or this woman calls himself a Christian, but yet they're mean and snarky in their talk and stuff. That's not the Bible's clear in the feet. I'm going off. Yeah. But our, people need to hear this. Vote for Christians, but vote for Christians who show themselves as Christians, not just Christ-like. say like. Yeah. And the yeah. Bible says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. The Bible's mm-hmm. in Ephesians 429. It says in Colossians 316, let your speech no Colossians 4 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned mm. with salt. Mm. So, you know, so there's my but but having said that, but don't back down. Mm. Don't back down. You don't have to be snarky, but you have to say, Well, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Because if there is no God, there's no basis for morality. Mm-hmm. And I choose the morality. And we see where that leads us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, I just think that's pretty important. And when we talk about midterms, yeah, God's in, the God, there's a God. He's self-existent. We're going to talk about uh, coming up the cosmological arguments and the teleological arguments, how you can argue for the exist, for the reality that God exists. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. the fool. What's another one? Yeah. We have to recognize that all other attributes of God flow from this one main thing. It really is. What? What do you? What did you say? The yeah, it's the mothership. <laughs> it's the mothership of attributes. I love that. Yeah. That yeah. is great. Yeah, because they actually everything else flows from yeah. this. Yeah. So if God is self-existent, you know, he doesn't. 
he's not dependent on anything else. Mm-hmm. Then, then he is eternal. Then he mm-hmm. is omnipotent and he is omniscient and he is yes. omnipresent. And those things, they just flow out of his self-existence, mm-hmm. which brings me to my favorite po- takeaway. And I hope um, this is comforting for all listeners because it is for both of us. We talked about this. God doesn't need us. He wants us. Think about that. It's not like God had to create us because he needed to communicate to somebody. He was bored, you know, and he was lonely because he's alone in him. No, we're going to talk about the Trinity and the triuneness of God. He didn't need in us. He didn't need to create creation. He didn't need to. He wanted to. So his love is truly no strings attached. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It is. Yeah. But, but the flip side is we need him. Mm. And that's why we believe in the deity of God. 